There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we break down the art and science of storytelling, brought to you by Six Second Stories. I'm your host, Rain Bennett, and today's episode is about short form storytelling. Why short form? One of my favorite stories about short stories is a kind of an urban legend, so they say, uh, about Ernest Hemingway. Back in the 20s, I think he was in Spain, he's at a bar hanging out with other poets and writers, artists, and there was a little wager going on at the table about who could write the shortest story in the fewest amount of words. And Papa was like, I can write a story in six words. Everybody's like, no, you can't. He said, yes, I can. I can write a story in six words. They said, everybody was like, I'll take that bet. So he grabbed a cocktail napkin, snatched a pen from one of his buddies and wrote, for sale, baby shoes, never worn. <laughs> Single tear. And he collected his winnings, and thus the six-word story was born. Now, this has become like an English exercise or a writing exercise for a long time. Is it true? Is the legend true? Is it not? Who knows? Who cares? Because you know what? Don't let the details get in the way of a good story, okay? Um, but it's a, good, it's a good practice to use. A lot of people use it uh, to work on cutting the fat out of their stories, right? Sometimes I think people think that the more space you have, the more pages that you have to fill, the more words that you have to write, the harder. And listen, it's not easy to write 50,000 words or 100,000 words, but 
I find that it's much harder, it's much more challenging the fewer words that you have to use. That is more of the skill and the craft of storytelling. I kind of feel like anybody can tell a story with 100 pages, but to tell a story in 100 words takes some real skill and craft because you have to be so selective about the words that you're going to use, right? There's no room for fluff. There's no room for uh, a lot of color or meaningless words, right? I think Stephen King used to be so upset about uh, adverbs, you know, these words that kind of like, they're not really saying anything, you know? Or you can say it with more punch, you know, you can say it in a better way. And the six-word story, there's like a ton of blogs out there. You can check them out. You can see other people that have done them. I don't really think anybody's done it as good. And a lot of them are kind of derivative. <laughs> you know, they're about like Im- implied death. Uh, but some of them are pretty good. Uh, some of them are just like vague um, fragments of a story. But it's a good exercise nonetheless. Now, I'm reminded of like one of the simple first rules of screenwriting, which is if you cut it out, like cut out a, a, a statement or a scene or even a segment, if you cut it out and you don't miss it afterwards, then you don't need it. It's hard sometimes when it's your own story or if you're a director. That's why we have they have director's cuts, you know. Sometimes you have to have either your editor or a producer or some other party that's a little more objective and not so tied to the footage tell you, like, listen, this is not really helping the scene or the film progress or the story progress. That's, I mean, that's why they have director's cuts where you have these extra 20 minutes of, of footage that come out later because these are scenes that the director was kind of just fell in love with, whether it was just uh, you know, the scene itself or the, or the performance or whatever. But ultimately, if it's not helping move the story forward, it's doing you an injustice. So if you have, let's say we have 10 scenes in a row, and if I take out scene four, and scene three and five go together. And when I watch it, it goes one, two, three, five, six, seven. And it plays seamlessly. You'd never need it for, no matter how awesome it is, right? The goal is to get there as quickly as possible without feeling rushed, but to tell the story efficiently with as few as few words as possible, right? We don't, especially nowadays, people don't want to sit around and watch something and take more time than, than, than they have, right? People's times are valuable. Uh, there's a really good rule. I'm not uh, citing or quoting whoever it came from, but this might be a Seinfeld thing. This might be a Seinfeld. Um, but anyway, I think it's a kind of general understood rule in stand-up comedy. When you're telling a joke, if you whittle it down until you can't take one word out without the joke not working. So if there's if there's any words in there taken out and the joke doesn't work, you put that word back in. But anything that you can lose without losing the context and the and the humor of the joke, that's all it should be. It should be no more words than that. Does that make sense? I I deal with this a lot uh, with my editor. Uh, my editor, David Iverson, we work together on several films at this point. And it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing. We go back and forth sometimes about what stuff should be cut out and what stuff shouldn't be. And sometimes I'm the one being like diligent about it. And he's like, I don't know, but it's so cool. (laughs) And a lot of times it's the other way around. I think the easiest way to do it is get to the core of the message of each piece, each statement, each scene. What's it really saying, right? Like oftentimes we find that we're being redundant. 
So we'll say something one way and say it another way and even say, and, and, and then have a narrator say it a third way. It's like we're beating the audience over the head with it. We don't have to do that. They don't want us to do that. They will get bored very easily, right? So you kind of got to give the audience the benefit of the doubt that they'll pick up on what you're putting down. But you definitely don't want to repeat something. I see this a lot in documentaries where you have a bunch of different talking heads and they're talking about, uh, oh, how awesome this restaurant is, we'll just say. And you'll have somebody say like, oh my gosh, it was the best restaurant I've ever eaten at. And then cut to the next person like, I've n- this, this is the first time I've been to a restaurant like this. It was just so amazing. And the third person is just like, this experience was profound. This restaurant is legendary. All of those are saying, this is a good restaurant or like, this is a unique experience first time for me. Pick the one that is the strongest. Maybe it's the one about the restaurant being legendary. It was told in few words and it had maximum impact. Maybe that was it. But you don't need all three of them when they're essentially saying this restaurant is good. You don't need it. People these days don't have time to hear the same messaging multiple times. We have short, 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 short attention spans, right? Like they say if you can't hook, it used to be if you can't hook them in the first like 10, 15 seconds, even 30 seconds. Now it's if you don't grab them in the first five seconds or six seconds, you've lost them, right? So you got to go ahead and grab them quickly. And there's a lot of competition out there. Like people are scrolling on their news feeds or scrolling on, on their uh, on their phones, on their desktops. There's a lot of other content they can be consuming out there. If you're wasting time or you're being redundant or you're being boring, they're going to scroll right past. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is these days. You got to be efficient. You got to you got to grab them quickly. And if you can tell your your story in a, in a short form, that's the way you need to do it, as short as possible. But with this competition, you know, we sometimes feel oversaturated. Listen. In my opinion, the cream is always going to rise to the top, okay? Some people are threatened by this. There's so much. How's my content going to get through? How short do I have to make it? The bottom line is, if you're telling a good story and you're not wasting a lot of time and, and rambling and you're telling a good story that goes from you know point one to two to three to four, boom, 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 and, and a nice succession and it keeps people engaged the whole time, then you're going to be okay. You're going to be good. Like, you can tell. I mean, there is a definitely a place for long form. I am by no means bashing that. I'm a feature filmmaker, so I do projects that are 90 minutes. I write, uh, you know, write 50,000-word books. I write long articles, you know. The point is uh, you have to just you have to just have that good story, that compelling story to connect with people. There's a lot of uh, metrics out there that show social media posts that use long stories in their in their descriptions are very effective when most people would say, oh, keep it to one line or keep it to two. I think really, one, you got to have a good story, as we've already stated, but two, I think it's somewhere there in the middle that kind of dies. You know, either you can be quick, uh, like flash fiction, you know, or you can expand on it and still keep people engaged as long as you have a good story. But what we're seeing now is this decrease in length and, and, and opportunity we have, especially when it comes to advertising and branding. It used to be we had the 60-second commercial, then the 30-second commercial. Now we're starting to see it even shorter, 15 seconds, 10 seconds, 6 seconds. So 6-second stories, that sounds familiar. Sounds like Vine, right? Well, what happened to that? Vine died. Doesn't mean it doesn't work, right? 
had a lot of other competition, things like Instagram that came out that you just they just couldn't compete with. But now we're starting to see on mainstream television and on big sporting events, the Super Bowl and things like that, six-second ads. If you're scrolling through your Instagram feed, we're seeing six-second ads. I've seen uh, Orbitz has done one that uh, it's very simple. Uh, it just had a timer, and it said, like, um, get savings like this in five, four, three, two, one, and it cut. And that was the end of the ad. So what was it doing? It was prompting you to hit the little call to action button and learn more. How do you get those savings? Super simple. It just had two people, white backdrop, and a countdown six seconds, which is building up tension, right? That's what's got people interested. Uh, there's several several more of those. If you scroll through your Instagram, you'll see them. Now you're watching YouTube videos. You have those mid-roll ads, or even Facebook, I think, is doing it now. You have these mid-roll ads. They're all about five to six seconds. So in order for these companies and these brands and these organizations to get their point across, they got to be efficient in connecting and engaging with their audience in that five to six seconds. And to me, there's easy way to do that, and that's through storytelling. That doesn't mean we write and tell a drawn-out story that just means that we can say, for sale, baby shoes, never worn. And there's a mental picture that we have painted in the minds of our audiences. My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening. And join us next time on The Storytelling Lab. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.